Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Haters Press Conference Podcast. This is the first place, some say only, where you can hear football's leading managers' press conferences in full. Hello, this is Jack Kelly from Haters TV. We have just finished listening to Ange Postacoglu as he previews the game between Brighton and Hove Albion and Tottenham Hotspur. Ange speaks of an unfortunate injury setback for Christian Romero. Please enjoy. Hope you had a nice Christmas. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was good. Nice. Quiet. Yeah. Um, look, first off, can we just start with a team's injury update, I suppose, and more specifically about Christian Romero? Yeah, uh, yeah, not not so great with uh, uh, Romero. Um, had a scan the other day, so he's, he's got a hamstring strain. So we're looking at probably four, four weeks, five weeks for him. Um, everyone else from the weekend, uh, from the last game, um, yeah, you know, it was a it was a pretty uh, demanding physically, you know, in terms of the numbers we we generated that day, uh, both us and Everton. It was uh, quite extraordinary. So, fair to say the boys were a bit fatigued, but um, yeah, I had a couple of easier days, so everyone else should be okay. How disappointing is it to lose Christian for that long? And I suppose you've talked about January and, a, and the need for a centre-back. Does that accelerate plans? No, it doesn't change anything. It's just, you know, like I said, um, yeah, disappointing to lose him for sure. Um, you know, we obviously missed him uh, with the suspension and now, um, you know, we just got him back and kind of steady things up. But obviously, uh, um, you know, with him missing again for, for quite a chunk of time, but it doesn't change really, you know, you can't accelerate time, mate. It's still December, January 1st stays January the 1st, uh, um, irrespective of our situation. So the plans and the planning are still in sort of the, the same shape. Finally for me. Obviously, we know you're going to lose Hyomin Son for the for a lot of January, if not all of January. <coughs> if you've got an actual sort of date about when he's going to go over South Korea, because obviously you've got the game on on New Year's Eve. Yeah, not yet. I mean, it, it won't affect uh, New Year's Eve game. Um, we're just uh, sort of in dialogue now. I think um, with the three lads, uh, I think Basuma will probably leave a bit early. Obviously, he's suspended, and then uh, Pape and um, and uh, you know, Sonny, it'll be sometime in early January, but we haven't got official confirmation yet. Jake. Hi, Ange. I just wanted to ask you about Richarlison. Obviously, he's he's hit form in the last two or three matches. Uh, last time I was here, you said that you expected him to see an upturn because he was a bit freer mentally and obviously physically. Is that what you put it down to then? He's he's managed to free himself up and we're, we're now seeing the, the results of that on the pitch. Yeah, like I said, I, I think, you know, I've said a few times, I mean, 
you know, they're human beings and, you know, he, when you don't feel 100% in yourself, whether that's physically or mentally, it's going to affect performance. And, and not that everything's, you know, rosy in his life now. I'm sure he's still got issues in there. But in terms of, especially the physical side of it, you know, he's, you know, the, the kind of, you know, the, the operation recovery he had from it, he came back to training just you could tell he just felt a lot better about himself in terms of the way he was moving, the way he was training and he was a lot freer in his movements and I think that's allowed him to, to go into games now with more confidence, more self-belief about, you know, his body more than anything else and, um, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Um, there's no doubt he's, he's a talented player. He's scored plenty of goals in the Premier League. He's, you know, he's, he's playing for his country so... Um, but at the same time, like I said, they're human beings, and sometimes when when things aren't you know right, um, you know, it, it affects performance and it affects their output. Just a couple on Brighton, then they get a lot of praise for the <coughs> way that they played. They certainly did when the new manager came in. Some people say that it's very difficult to play against them. Is that something that you agree with? And also, if so, why? What is it about them that makes them difficult to play against? Yeah, no, they they're. they're Football's fantastic, and um, yeah, there's. I think they probably do things a little bit differently to everyone else. I think, look, they're they're a very well-run club. They have been for quite a while. You could see, even under Graham, that you know they were making progress as a football club. And then Roberto's obviously come in, and he's always done sort of things fairly unique in his whole career, and he's brought that to the Premier League. And you you got to respect that because, as we know, this is you know, probably the toughest league competition in the world, and. It can be easy to shy away from doing anything that's too different, um, but he's he's that's all, you know I don't know don't know the man I've never met him, but you know you can tell that he's he's pretty determined to do things his own way, and um, and they do provide a you know a different challenge from a lot of other clubs in the way they they play, the way they keep the ball, the way they build up, um, the way they press, um, and it's great because you know that's what you kind of want to be in these competitions to, to get challenged in those kinds of ways and uh, there's a lot to admire about the way both the football club and, and uh, <coughs> Roberto and his players have gone about it. you think they're as unpredictable <coughs> to play against as people say they are? It depends on, on sort of what you view as kind of, you know, predictable or unpredictable. Uh, ultimately, I've always said that every game is its own unique piece of... Um, living, breathing thing, you know. Um, no one can tell me how the game of football is going to go. don't know if you watched last night, but at half-time, you probably would have read it in a different story to what you wrote. That's that's the beauty of football, you know. And As much as we, as managers, try to control the whole thing, uh, the reality of it is they all every football game is a life of itself. And, and what you've got to do is just try to prepare your team to deal with you know, whatever may happen in, in the course of the 9,500 minutes that transpire. Thank you. Ali, please. <coughs> Hi there, Ange. Um, obviously, it's been well known that you need another centre-back in this uh, January window for quite a while, obviously probably towards the end of the summer window. Maybe the perception from the outside was perhaps it would be another left-sided centre-back because obviously you only had Mickey van der Ven at that point. Obviously, Ben Davies has come in, done a good job in a kind of a makeshift role. Has the kind of idea shifted maybe towards being, as in over the course of time, to being maybe a right-sided centre-back you need, especially with the Romero news now, or is it just someone that can play either? I, I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I don't sort of put as much stock into the whole left-sided, right-sided centre-back kind of scenario. We just need another 
you know, we need another player in that position that can provide, you know, some more sort of depth for us and <clears throat> and the ability to change things up and um, won't really matter whether it's left side or right side. It's more about um, <clears throat> the characteristics, the profile characteristics. I mean, we, we, we didn't go looking for a left-sided centre-back at the start of the year. It just happened that Mickey was the perfect centre-back, you know, and even if we had another left-sided one, I still would have signed him. So, um, like I said, it's about looking at the right profile, the right characteristics we kind of need um, for that position at this point in time and seeing what's available and, and you know, going from there. Um, just something towards the end of the Everton game, I noticed that um, Guillermo Vicario started to take quite long kicks from goal and some of the goal kicks as well go quite long. Kind of feels like the antithesis of everything we've seen from you in the past. You like that kind of build up from about the quick. Um, is that something that he was just naturally doing or was it something you wanted because of the way the game was shaping at the end? No, I mean, he, he took a couple of longer kicks, but, you know, we're trying to win a game of football and, you know, like I just said a second ago, we, all, we we like to try and control everything in a game, but ultimately it's the players who have that control and, you know, they'll always f do what they feel is right. It's not the first time we've done it this year. Um, won't be the last time. It's all about game state. It's all about sort of what the players are feeling in that moment, what the information they have out there. Like I said, for me, you know... It, I try and prepare the players in the best way possible for every challenge ahead. But you know, there's always a uniqueness in whatever channel challenge they face out there. And all the tools we give them prior to the game, they're there for them to use, and that's one of them. Um, last one from me. Dane Scarlett's come back, obviously, from Ipswich. Um, presumably that's more cover with, with Sonny going as, uh, away. If you, let's say, you were to sign another attacker in January, would there be any scenario where Alejo Valise maybe would head out on loan just for some game time? Oh, mate, there's a lot of moving parts you were just talking <laughs> about there, mate. Um, look, it's good to get Dane back. Um, obviously, the, the, the loan move didn't kind of work out for him at Ipswich, which is disappointing for him, disappointing for, for us, because the reason we sent him out on loan is to get some game time with him and, and develop him. It hasn't worked out that way, so it made sense to bring him back. He's back training with us and, uh, you know, becomes available from, from January the 1st. And, um, again, then it's up to him to, you know, he'll stay with us till the end of the year and hopefully, um, you know, see how he trains and, and what opportunities may or may not come along. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of address those situations then. Okay. And we'll finish this section with George <coughs> at the back, please. Uh, hi, Ange. Um, with that Romero news, what's the kind of latest with Mickey van der Ven and, and his return? That I think he was at the darts a couple of weeks ago and said he might be back in two weeks to <laughs> some fans. So I don't know how accurate Where was that he? is. He was at Ali Pali for the uh, World Darts. The darts. <laughs> okay, all right. Jeez. Um, uh, I think I've said before, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taking players' um, sort of views on, on kind of their recovery process. Um, look, he's getting closer. I... I you know, we'll see him sometime in January. Um, I, I don't think Burnley, but, you know, Man United on the 14th, I think, potentially. Uh, but again, he's... I, I don't look at comeback dates until I see him training with us. And he's not... He hasn't been part of the group. He's not due to be part of the group this week. Um, we'll, we'll see how he's going by the end of the week. So once they try, start training with a the group, then we can start thinking about when they'll be available. Um He's at the tail end of it for sure. So, like I said, at some point, you know, middle of January, definitely we'd think he'd, he'd be available. Uh, but again, how we use him then is going to be, you know, after such a long absence, uh, it's going to be uh, depending on sort of where we feel he's at. 
And obviously losing Romero is a big blow. Have you got the kind of added headache of whoever comes in, whether it's Eric, Ash, someone else, you've got to be mindful of they've not played a lot of games and you don't want them to kind of break down straight away coming into the team? Well, that's, I mean, we've been in that sh sort of state for quite a while now. We've, we've just had to throw people in. Ultimately, we, we can't, um, you know, as much as you'd like to sort of bed guys in. And But the reality is we, we obviously weren't in Europe, so we didn't have games to give games to these guys. So, and through a needs um, sort of basis, we, we've just had to throw them in. And, and to be fair... <coughs> The majority have done, you know, super well for us. Guys like Emerson, you know, like I said, Eric came in. Benny now is, or I played a few games, but hadn't played a lot myself. So, Gil, I could go through quite a few that were kind of throwing in fairly cold. And there's always that possibility that they could break down, but we've, we've got no other choice. And just funny for me, um, I don't know whether it was true or not, but around a year ago before De Zerbe got appointed, there was speculation in England about you potentially being involved in the, the running for the Brighton job. I wondered how far that, that ran in, in terms of yourself and, and was it maybe the first time that you your name was actually linked to a Premier League club? Um, no one knew about me a year ago, mate. You know that. So, um, um, no, look, I, I didn't have discussions with, with Brighton at the time. And, and to be honest, last year during the year, you know, I was... There wasn't really the possibility I was going to leave Celtic mid-season. I just didn't think that was. I'd only been there a year and a half, and like even, even though there was, you know, there was nothing real, you know, that, that not nothing real, but people weren't really saying to me that there's, you know, clubs that want to talk to you. I, I kind of knew in my mind that if I was going to do anything, it would have to be after the second year. I wasn't going to leave mid-year, so never entertained it. But um, like I said, I, I got great admiration for for the football club because they obviously. Um, you know, I've said a few times, you kind of like the clubs that have a plan and stick to it, and they're certainly one of those clubs. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe or follow and leave us a positive review. It really will help us get to more grounds around the footballing world. You can also follow Haters TV on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and our wonderful website at haters.com. Thanks for listening.